Hey, Rebel, are you over-nurturing your audience. Now, over-nurturing is the act of continually giving more value to your audience while only on rare occasion asking for the sale. So you are creating amazing podcast episodes or blog posts. You send out these epic value-filled emails. You teach valuable lessons on Instagram story, all to help your audience all to nurture your audience. And while your audience loves them, they are beginning to wonder, what the heck do you do to make money? Because you've only told them once in the past three months, and maybe it's been longer since you've made the ask. You do this because you don't want to ask too much. You don't want to talk about your work too much because you don't want to be too salesy or too self-promotional. Now, does this sound familiar to you? If it does, you are giving too much value and you're over-nurturing your audience. And I see this as an epidemic in the online space where we have been taught to always be giving value, but we're not taught actually how to sell and to make the ask. So today I want to make the case to you using data from my own business. So this is a bit of a behind the curtain episode, but I wanted to show you data about why you should stop over nurturing and make more asks. So let's do this. listening to the Rebel Uprising podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping passionate business owners become recognized leaders who make more money and impact the world by turning their messy, complicated ideas into thriving thought leadership businesses. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mazer, and I'll be your no BS guide in the art of building a business that gets noticed. Each week, I share strategies, tools, and insights on how to turn your complicated ideas into great messaging and solid business structures. Are you ready to create an uprising in your industry? Let's do this. In the online space, there is something that I call the over-nurturing binary. It's binary thinking where it's either you're selling something or you're nurturing your audience, you're creating value. And in the past, I've heard things like you need to have a five to one ratio of, you know, five pieces of nurturing content to everyone ask. And I don't think that that advice is helpful. And I don't think that ratio is actually real because this is a false dichotomy. I want you to know that you can both create value while selling and making the ask 
at the same time. So here's an example from my own business of how I did this. So I created an email about what I call the client decision journey, and it's a substantial piece of messaging that I create for my clients. It's all about the journey of what are the conversations we need to have in order to move people from being unaware of us, unaware of the problem they have, to realizing they have a problem, to wanting to know about how to work with you. And I'll link this email into the show notes because it's publicly available. So I walk people through my own client decision journey based on when somebody discovers me through a podcast. What are, you know, like what were the topics that I'm talking about? What could be the calls to action? What are the decisions they're making along the way? And from that email, I had people who emailed me back and told me, oh my gosh, this was so incredibly helpful. Like, I see what I need to do now. And I also got consultation requests because of that email. Because at the end of the email, I made the ask. I said, hey, if this is something you want for your business, this is exactly what we do in the three-word rebellion messaging intensive. Go here to book your consultation. So look what I did there. Like I created something that was highly valuable, that gave people ahas and breakthroughs, but also was selling them on working with me. So you can do both because there is a high cost to over nurturing your audience. So let's talk a little bit about that before I go into the numbers of what I discovered in my own business. What happens when you don't make an offer? Anytime you are not selling or not talking about, because really selling and generating leads, it's really just about talking about how you work with people. Yes, you aren't going to be able to sell your awesome thing because you're not telling people how you work with them or what it's like to work with you. You're not out there marketing with an intent to sell. So yes, your business loses out. It loses out on potential revenue. It loses out on new amazing clients, new amazing opportunities to talk about your expertise. You're not the only one losing out. Your potential clients, people in your audience are also losing out because some of them have a problem that you could help them with, but they don't know that that's what you do. So they go out and seek solutions. And some of those solutions, let's face it, there's a lot of shady crap that happens in online business. Some of those solutions I know aren't as good as what you do. They don't produce the same kind of results. So if you're not making that offer, if you're not letting people know on a regular basis how you can work with them, you're losing out and they're losing out too. If you're stuck in this constant cycle of over-nurturing, providing ever more value to your audience without ever asking them to work with you, it's time to stop nurturing so much and start 
asking more. Now, a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about companies like Nordstrom, Universal Standard, Old Navy, Brooks, how they're not very concerned when they send an email about nurturing you. They pop into your inbox to tell you about a sale or they tell you about like, I love Universal Standard. So they're always popping in my inbox telling me about like a cozy new sweater that I need. And sometimes I do end up buying that cozy new sweater. They're not concerned about nurturing me. They're concerned about selling and letting me know what's available to me. It doesn't really annoy me at all. In fact, I kind of like when there's a sweater that I might want to buy in my inbox. So it's time to stop over nurturing and create marketing that actually results in new clients for you, new sales, and more money. And if you still don't believe me, here's the data from my own business. So there's a backstory to this. A few weeks ago, I had a bit of an email temper tantrum. I told my sales coach, Heidi Taylor, that I didn't believe that my clients were actually on my email list. And she's like, great, that's something we can actually test and look into. So I made a list of my past 17 clients and whether or not they were on my email list and how long it took for them to buy from me. And here's what I found. So first, 18% of my clients were not on my email list at all. They read the book, they listen to this podcast, they go ahead and they request a consult and they become clients. So I was nurturing them and telling them about my work, but they weren't necessarily on my email community. So clearly my temper tantrum about nobody's on my email list who are my clients was incorrect because 82% of the people who worked with me are on my email list. Now, this is where it gets interesting. 59% of the people who work with me had been on my email list for three months or less. 59%, three months or less before deciding to work with me. 18% had been on my list for four months to a year, and 5% had been on my email list for more than a year. So what do all these numbers mean? Well, I want to focus in on the 59% that have purchased from me, decided to work with me one-on-one within three months of joining my email community. This means that I need to be telling people how to work with me sooner when they get on my email list. That's almost 60 freaking percent of my clients happen in the first three months of being on my email community. Now, I can spend that time over nurturing them, giving them all this great value, but knowing that they've probably found me from some other source, which I'm going to talk about in a second, they're ready. So I should be telling people sooner how to work with me. And I want to be clear that when these people arrive on my email list, the 60%, I am not entirely unknown. Most of them have been listening to the podcast for a while. They read the book. They heard me on somebody else's podcast. So I was nurturing them in other ways before they decided to sign up. The bottom line is that we should be 
asking more and nurturing less. In fact, this was the advice I gave a client when we were reviewing her email nurture sequence, which is one of the things I can help you do as a part of the three-word rebellion messaging intensive. It's part of the implementation project that I do with clients. In her email nurturing sequence, she was positioning herself as a friend to her audience instead of the expert that she is. She's not their friend. She is a business owner who has a process that can benefit people. So more expert, less friend, which translates into ask more, nurture less. Now, in the spirit of asking more and nurturing less, I wanted to let you know that I'm raising my prices of the Three Word Rebellion messaging intensive as of January 1st, 2022. So if it is time for you to ask more, nurture less, if you've been thinking about working with me at the beginning of the new year, there has never been a better time to go ahead and request a consult with me because you can lock in this year's prices and still work with me anytime in the first quarter of 2021. So if it is time for you to ask more, nurture less, the way to do that is with a solid message that strategically moves people from being completely unaware of you to becoming clients. If this sounds interesting, then you can go apply for a consult now at www.drmichellemazur.com slash the number three WR. That's www.drmichellemazur.com slash three WR. All right. In the meantime, I want to end the pod with a little challenge for you. Go back through your nurture sequence and identify the places where you're coming across as a friend instead of an expert. And then go through and figure out how you can be asking more and nurturing less and find the places where you could be asking more and nurturing less. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the show. Your support means the world to me. Did you know the Rebel Uprising podcast has a quiz that can help you pinpoint the number one way to build an audience of superfans while staying true to your unique personality? We do, and it's called What's Your Rebel Roadmap to Exponential Impact and Influence? And you can take it at therebelquiz.com. If you're loving the podcast, do us a favor, rate and leave us a quick five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more people like you find the show. Until next week, remember, your ideas matter. And now get back out there and cause an uprising in your industry. You got this.